verse 1 to 5. Once again, I want to welcome you all this morning to the house of God. And I want to pray that your coming to the house of God this morning will not be in vain. May God richly bless you for coming. And may this word nourish your soul in Jesus' name. First Peter 2, 9 and 10 says, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare his, the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are a people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Genesis chapter 37 verse 1 to 5. The Bible says Jacob lived in the land where his father had stayed in the land of Canaan. This is the account of Jacob's family line. Joseph, a young man of 17, was tending the flock of his brothers with his brothers, the sons of Bila and the sons of Zilpha, his father's wives. And he brought their father bad report about them. Now Israel loved Joseph more than any of his sons because he had been born to him in his old age. And he made him an honest rob for him. When his brothers saw that their father loved him more than any of them, they hated him and could not speak to him, word, could not speak any kind word to him. Joseph had a dream, and when he told his brothers, they hated him all the more. May God bless his word in Jesus' name. You can take your seat. There was once a girl who was born with a strange hair color. Can you imagine being born in Africa and you have a blonde hair? And growing up in the community, she was so different. She was mocked at school. She was bullied by her friends. And she got so confused why God would give her such a strange hair color. Everybody in my community has a black hair, but I came out with some kind of hair color that even the hairstylists don't understand. And she grew up with this hair, eventually gave her life to Christ, and started serving the Lord, and then the Lord called her as a missionary and sent her to a nation. This nation where the Lord was sending this girl to, every missionary that went to that country was rejected. No missionary could ever succeed to plant a church or win a soul in this nation. But the Lord said to this, to this girl, I'm sending you to this country as a missionary. When she heard the voice, she packed her things, and she left. Once she got to that nation and had her first meeting, there was a massive turnout. And she was so confused as to why great missionaries that were more anointed, more knowledgeable, could not succeed in this land. But she had such a great response, even with her, her, her young uh, experience, with no experience as a missionary. Then one of the women of the groups that were attending her meetings, spoke up and said, look, we've been looking for somebody that looked like us. That everybody that came to, to this place was strange. But when we saw you, we know you are one of us because your hair is the kind of hair we have. Then she understood that the hair that God gave her was not an accident. Everything that God did was on purpose. I want to talk to you this morning on the topic, you are special. Tell somebody by your side, you are special. You are not sitting like you are sitting. Tell somebody by your side, if you don't have a neighbor, turn to a neighbor behind you. Look for a neighbor that looks happy and tell the neighbor, you are special. 
Tell the neighbor again. Everything about you that God made is special. Everything about you. Tell the neighbor. Everything about you that God made is special. Hallelujah. You are special. You know, there are some people based on what they uh, consider themselves to be or how they estimate themselves or how they view themselves. Some people have low self-esteem. When they look at themselves in the mirror, comparing themselves to other people, especially women. You have women that are going to the extent of changing their color because they think that by becoming fair in complexion, it makes them special. But I came this morning to tell you as a pastor that however you look, God made you special. Is somebody hearing me this morning? However you look, God made you special. It is interesting that one of the descriptions that my wife gave for the kind of man that she was inclined to before she met me was a man who was dark in complexion. Now imagine I changed my color. So God designed me for a purpose. So you may not like my color, but this color is a crush to somebody. Tell somebody you are special. You may not like my shape, but this shape, somebody is dying for this shape. Is somebody hearing me? Tell somebody you are special. I may not be your time, but I'm somebody's prayer copy. Tell somebody you are special. Is somebody hearing me this morning? Don't kill yourself to be somebody else. God designed you on purpose. Hallelujah. God made you correctly. There is no error about you. Everything God made, he made it perfect. The Bible says when God created man, he looked and said it was good. Amen. Amen. This morning we are going to consider one special person in the Bible, and that person is Joseph. One special person in the Bible who is Joseph. And one of the reasons why Joseph is special in the Bible because Joseph is a foreshadow of Christ. There is something that theologians call type, which is actually done in a story called typology. Typology are people, are studies that shows certain things that were done in the Old Testament that was a shadow of something to happen in the New Testament. And theologians believe that Joseph is a picture of Jesus in the New Testament. Take for example, Joseph was a shepherd. Jesus was a shepherd of the church. Again, Joseph was, was betrayed by his brothers. Jesus was also betrayed by Judas. Joseph was sold for pieces of silver to the Ishmaelite merchants to Egypt. Jesus was also sold for 30 pieces of silver. Joseph was falsely accused. Jesus was falsely accused. Joseph was thrown into prison. Jesus was thrown into the grave. Joseph came out of the prison and became a prime minister. Jesus came out of the grave and became the king of glory. There are about 60 similarities between Joseph and Jesus. But I don't have time to tell you all about that this morning. But if you are interested, I can send it to you if you want. Hallelujah. There are so many similarities about Joseph and Jesus. And Joseph is actually a very special figure in the Bible. In verse 1 of Genesis chapter 37, the Bible says, Jacob lived in the land of Canaan where his father had lived. Now, everything that is written in the Bible is written for a purpose. When we read this story, we just skim through the Bible. We don't pay attention to what the Bible is saying. Why is it important for the Bible to say that 
Jacob lived in the land of Canaan, where his father Abraham had lived. Now remember that when God promised to bring out the Israelites from Egypt into a land flowing with milk and honey, there were people living in the land. I want you to look at what God did to the people that were living in the land. He drove them all out and gave that land to the Israelites. Now, looking at it from the angle of what God did, you say, how was God so wicked to drive these people out from their land? But the Bible says that Jacob was living in that land where Abraham had lived. And this is the same land that God will bring the descendants of Abraham to live. Meaning that before the Amalekites, the Jebusites, the Hittites, and all the Canaanites ever thought of living in that land, Abraham used to own that land. Is somebody hearing me this morning? So there were illegal occupants in that land. Just like if you buy a house in Dumfries, in Woodbridge or whatever place, and then you, are, you leave the house and go. And five years after, you come back and discover somebody else is living in the house. What do you do? You kick them out. That is exactly what God did when he gave the land to the Israelites. Is somebody hearing me this morning? And then the Bible goes further to say that this is the account of Jacob's lineage. Now, if you look at your Bible clearly, if the Bible says this is the account of Jacob's lineage, Jacob's first, first son was Reuben. But it opens with Joseph, who was the second to the last. If they are going to write a story about your family, they will say this is the first son, this is the second, this is the third, this is the fourth. But the Bible skips every one of those boys and went straight to Joseph. Because there is something special about Joseph. I came to prophesy to somebody this morning. God is rewriting the story of your family. And it shall begin with you. I said God is rewriting the story of your family. And it shall begin with you. In the name of Jesus. Every family has a story. There are families like my brother was praying this morning. Where people don't get married. There are families where everybody is sick of a particular disease. There are families where nobody ever succeeds. There are families where nobody ever builds a house. There are families where nobody ever gets a good job. But I came to tell you this morning, God is rewriting the story of your family. And it will begin with you. You'll be the first one in your family to testify. Because God is doing something great in your family. Amen. The Bible says Jacob loved Joseph more than all his children because he had him at old age. You know, there is always a child in the family that is loved by our parents, whether you like it or not. There is always a favorite child. There is always a child among every parent, um, among every, in every family where the parents seem to pay more attention to that child than everyone. We have such children in our families, and there is nothing you can do about it. Sometimes your father is eating, and all of you look like, all of you look like you are, you are all idiots. They will call that small one to come and sit beside them, and they give them food. It doesn't matter what you do. He is the favorite. And in this case, just Joseph was a favorite of Jacob. He treated this guy so specially. There is something about Joseph that is not just because the Bible says he had him at old age. There was God's favor upon the life of Joseph. That is why his father could not withstand loving him more because God's hand was upon Joseph. I came to an announce to somebody this morning, God's favor is coming upon somebody. Amen. I said God's favor is coming upon somebody. Amen. 
that when your supervisor wants to make a choice about who to favor, your, your name will come into his mind first, not because of your color, not because of your name, but because of God's favor over your life. Amen. Is somebody hearing me? Amen. When God favors you, man has no choice but to comply. When God favors you, man has no choice but to do the same. The Bible says in verse 4, that when his brother saw that his father loved him more than them, as I was reading the Bible this morning, the original Hebrew version makes it very clear to understand. The Hebrew version says that the father loved Joseph more than all his children combined. Can you imagine? You have 11 children, I mean 12 boys, and you like one more than 11 combined. So I see the reason why they hated that boy. Can you imagine that your father is sharing, let's say, whatever he's sharing. Let's say there are 20 he wants to share. And you guys are 12. It makes sense that the eldest brother should get two. Maybe the second two. Then the rest, one and a half. One and three quarters. One, one, one. Maybe then three quarters. But the father did something that would provoke the boys to hate Joseph. He will give Joseph like five. Then give the eldest brother two. All these things were provoking hatred. And the Bible said they hated this boy even the more. Let me announce to somebody. When God's favor come upon you, there are people that are going to get jealous. Because favor is not fair. If you can explain favor, it's no longer favor. Favor is when there are people at your job with master's degree in accounting, in all kinds of trades. But your supervisor picks you up with high school diploma and decides to make you his assistant. That is what they call favor. Now, the people who have the qualification will not understand. Guess what they are going to do? They are going to get jealous. But because when God favors you, it attracts jealousy. There are some of you that God is going to lift up. And the very friends that you used to work with, that you all were all local, will see you how you rise. They have two things to do. Either they join you to celebrate or they get jealous. And in this life, there are always two sides. There are those who join you to celebrate and others who become jealous. And in this case, the brothers could not stand to watch this guy being celebrated, being honored by the father and everything. And they hated him even the more. Then verse 5, which makes it even more terrible. This guy had a dream. Instead of keeping his dream to himself, he went to, to their family meeting. While they were discussing having a good time, say, brothers, there is something I want to tell you. <laughs> I had a dream. Instead of covering his dream and saying, well, God showed me I was going to be a very great man in the future. He actually said, God showed me that you and Levin will bow down before me, including mom and dad. <laughs> Imagine in a family meeting, your younger brother steps up and say, the Lord showed me in a dream that you, big brother, you, 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 will come before my feet and I'll give you food. Their hatred God intensified. But that was not the reason. There are five reasons in the Bible why these guys hated Joseph so much. Number one, Joseph was their father's spy. Read verse two of the same text we read. The Bible said Joseph brought bad reports of the brothers to the father. Meaning every time they went out to the field, because when this guy sold Joseph to the Ishmaelites, it shows that that was not the first time they were conspiring to sell something. Maybe while they were taking care of the father's sheep, they would come to him and say, hey, man, our pockets are empty. Let's get some money. And they would take one of the sheep, go to the 
the road and sell it. They share the money. Joseph went straight home and said, you don't know what they did today. They sold two goats and shared the money. So everything they were doing in the field, he took it back home. Do any one of you have any brothers in the family that used to snitch on you guys? When your mom leaves the house and says, don't do this. And you know your mom has gone. You think that innocent boy or innocent girl is sitting there not watching. And you do all the same thing. The moment your mom shows up, she runs to the feet of the mom and says, look, when you left her, this is what this person did, this person did. And there is nothing gone. That is how Joseph was reporting the brothers to the father. That was the first reason for their hatred. Number two, in the Jewish culture, when you had, a ch when you had children and you were supposed to name one as successor, culture said that the first son was supposed to be your successor. And the way to, to signify that is that you made a coat of many colors and gave it to that boy to show that if I'm no longer here tomorrow, this person takes over. So culturally speaking, Reuben, the first son, was supposed to take over when Jacob passed away. But here comes Jacob bypasses all the ten children and goes to number eleven and make him a coat of many colors. And this boy will not wear this coat just on Sunday. He wore the coat on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, every day of the week. And his brothers got so provoked. It is not enough that our father made you his successor. You have to wear the coat and come to every family reunion to show to us that you are the successor. They hated him even the more. Number three reason. His preferential treatment. Joseph would stay in the house while his brothers went to, to take care of the sheep. And his father would send him to go check what his brothers were doing. Meaning he was never in the forest. He stayed with the dad at home while his brothers were in the forest. Because of this, they hated him the more. Number five, number four, was the revelation of his dream, like I said. Bible says he had a dream. If you read further, he had a dream and told his brothers they hated him. He had another dream again. This time he did not get quiet. He actually explained the dream in details how it was going to happen to his brothers. And that is when they said, we are going to kill this boy. We can't stand to watch these dreams come to pass. We are going to kill this boy. But the fourth reason, the fifth reason, which is not in the Bible, which I believe I'm going to share with you this morning, why the brothers hated Joseph so much was the call to his destiny. Is somebody hearing me this morning? If his brothers had not hated him, they would not have sold him to Egypt, where he would become the prime minister to fulfill the dream that God gave to him. Is somebody hearing me this morning? There are some of you seated here this morning, if not for the hatred of your supervisor, you will still be in that job making 13 15. But because of the hatred of your supervisor, you started looking for new jobs. That gave you the opening where you are today. Hatred sometimes can be a call to destiny. Is somebody hearing this morning? That was the fifth reason why his brothers hated him because they needed to hate him to push him out to his destiny. So every discrimination you are seeing at your job is a call for destiny. Is somebody hearing me? You don't belong to that job. God has a higher job for you. They can't give you the right schedule because you don't fit in that job. God has a Monday to Friday somewhere for you. Is somebody hearing me this morning? Hatred calls from destiny. There are three things this morning if you are going to understand that you are special. Number one, you are designed by God on purpose. I said you are designed by God on purpose. 
Let me say this to ladies. We have a crisis, an identity crisis in the female kingdom today where ladies are trying to augment everything that God has given to them. Somebody said that a man can never please a woman because even God has not been able to please a woman. God gave them eyelashes and said the eyelashes is too short, they increase it. He gave them leaves, they said the leaves is not red enough, they paint it. He gave them chest, they say it's not enough, they do plastic surgery. Who are you, a man, to please a woman? Now the reason why people are doing all this augmentation is because people have identity crisis. But when you understand, however God created you, big or small, tall or fat, God designed you on purpose. Is somebody hearing me this morning? Tell the neighbor you, are, you look this way on purpose. Tell the neighbor you look this way on purpose. I said, tell the neighbor you look this way on purpose. Hallelujah. God, you are flawless in design. Amen. You are flawless. One time we had a class and our philosophy teacher was, he gave this saying that says, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. In order to prove his point, he was asking all of us in class to tell him the kind of women we like. And I was so surprised and shocked by the things my friends were saying. Because that is not even something I would imagine. A man who stands and says, I don't like a woman who has big behind. I don't like it. Then another man said, if a, woman, if a woman doesn't have it, I cannot have anything to do with a woman. So you may be sitting here crying how you don't have the behind. Meanwhile, the man God has made for you don't want anything to do with behind. God designed you that way because there is somebody somewhere that will fit perfectly into their lives. Is somebody hearing me? God created you flawless. Your color is flawless. Your height is flawless. Your shape is flawless. Your nose is flawless. Your eyelashes are flawless. Tell somebody you are flawless. Tell somebody you are flawless. Is somebody hearing me? You, are, you look the way you are on purpose. Hallelujah. There's some people that won't want to kill themselves with slim tea. You've drunk tea to the point that now you get fat today, tomorrow you get you increase. Whoever you are, God created you on purpose. Listen, there are people that are naturally slim. There are those that can be slim for one minute. The moment they drink a cup of tea, they increase the weight back because that is how God made you. Is somebody hearing me? It is wanting to be obese. It is wanting to be big. There are people that are big and there is nothing you can do about it. And then you are in the gym every day walking out, killing yourself because you are trying to be somebody else that God did not create. Tell somebody you are flawless. I'm not, giving you, I'm not giving you a guarantee to have a big stomach and say I'm flawless. I'm not, I'm not trying to guarantee that. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm not saying you should have extra flesh and say I'm flawless. I'm saying if you are big bonded, don't try to kill yourself to reduce yourself because God made you that way. Amen. Hallelujah. Yes. God made you that way. The second thing you must understand under the same topic, you are designated, you are created by God on purpose, is that you were intentionally designed by God. Listen, if you go to car manufacturing, we have Toyota as a brand. And under Toyota brand, there are different models. There is Toyota Camry. There is Toyota Highlander. There is Toyota Advances, which is not in this country. Some have big boots, some have short boots, some have different designs. But some of us are so confused that we don't understand our brand. Some of us are Camrys. 
Some of us are highlanders. Some of us are different things. But some of us, we look at ourselves, we're not happy that I'm Camry, and you're trying to be an advances. You are your own brand. Is somebody hearing me this morning? You are your own brand. I may be a Highlander, you may be a Camry. We are all Toyota. We are all human beings. But if you are trying to be somebody else, you are going to destroy the manufacturer's design because he made that car to be a Camry and not something else. God designed you on purpose. Hallelujah. The way you look is on purpose. So modifying who you are is changing God's design. Do you know Toyota will sue you if you change their design? If you remove something from Camry and put a new name to it, they will sue you because that is not the kind of car they were trying to manufacture. So, however you look, like I said, men may not like you, but there is somebody somewhere praying, oh God, give me a woman like this. Women may not like you because of how you look, but that head shape that you have is a woman's crush. Is somebody hearing me? God designed you on purpose. In Psalms 139, verse 13 to 14, it says, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am wonderfully and fearfully made. Hallelujah. I am wonderfully and fearfully made. Number two, if you're going to understand you are special, you need to understand that you are unique. Hallelujah. There are 7.5 billion people in the world right now. No two people have the same fingerprints. Because God made you unique. Is somebody hearing me? God made you unique. Nobody in the world has your fingerprints. You are one in the world. You cannot be somebody else and nobody else can be you. Even if you bleach yourself like you want, you cannot be somebody else. You can only be you. Hallelujah. I told a story about a lady who had a big nose. And according to her, this big nose was disturbing her beauty. So she went to plastic surgery and they slide it. And she became like small long nose. Then she met this guy. The guy was so much in love with the lady because of how she looked. And they got married. And when she gave birth to their first child, that nose came back. Because you cannot be somebody else. This is who God made you to be. And the man was wondering, you don't have a big nose. I don't have a big nose. Where is this nose coming from? Were you cheating on me? Then a true story came out that this nose was the original look of the lady. But because of modification, she thought that she could be somebody else. But God proved to her that you can change however you want. It will still come back. Hallelujah. You cannot be anybody else. God made you unique. Hallelujah. You were created for a specific purpose. You were not just created to occupy the earth. God made you on purpose. In Psalms 139 verse 16, it says, You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. Hallelujah. God made you unique. You are unique the way you look. Your height is unique. Your color is unique. Your hair is unique. Is somebody hearing me? The way you look is unique. There is nothing about you that is an accident. And number three, you have a unique destiny. Hallelujah. I said you have a unique destiny. God has a special plan for your life. Like Joseph. God had a special plan for his life. Even though he was born among many brothers, there was a special plan that God had for Joseph. And that plan was to become somebody very, very great. Nobody can take what God has for you. If God says you are going to be great in this country, 
It doesn't matter how many people are rising. Nobody can take your place. You know, one of the things I've discovered with many people is that most people that are doing well are always afraid to share the information they have with other people. My brothers told me that. My cousin in Texas told me that. When they went to Texas, there were some people that studied this IT field. They discovered certain areas that they were able to do, go online and do some studies and with that knowledge, get better jobs. And there were guys who were making a lot of money, but they never ever shared information about the kind of job they were doing. They would tell I work for this company, but they can't tell you exactly what they were doing because they thought that by sharing that information, somebody else would take their job. Let me tell you, what God has for you is for you. Amen. Nobody can take your place. Is somebody hearing me? The promotion that God has for you is for you. Even if everybody in this Virginia decides to do IT, nobody can take your job that God has given to you. Hallelujah. What God has for you is for you. Your life was planned by God and everything was set in place before you were born. Look at Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5. It says, before you were formed in your mother's womb, I knew you. Meaning before your father even thought about meeting your mother, God already had a plan for you. What does that mean? Everything you are going to be in this country has been planned. Your future has been planned. Your destiny has been planned. Nothing happens to you by accident as a child of God. Is somebody hearing me this morning? Your destiny has been planned. Your life has been planned. Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 11 says, For I know the plans that I have towards you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you an expected end. Hallelujah. You have a unique destiny. Nobody can take your place. Nobody can be like you. Nobody can replace you this morning. I came to tell somebody this morning, you are special. Amen. As you leave this place today, let me tell you, if somebody don't like you, move on. Somebody else is waiting for you. Hallelujah. Move on. Like I said, there are people with self-esteem issues because, because some black guy or some tall guy in the past didn't like you. Now you're worried about who you are as a person. Because you look at everybody around you, they have this, this kind of shape. Like, you go to the internet now, there's a certain designer ladies like to put on, 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 on the internet. Whatever picture they want to take, they want to show their behind. I don't know what is wrong. And the ladies who don't have that kind of shape are feeling so inferior that now they're afraid to take pictures. The way you look is somebody's prayer topic. Can I say it again? The way you look is somebody's crush. Don't let people's definition of beauty give you inferiority complex. God made you flawless. Hallelujah. I said God made you flawless. Amen. God designed you on purpose. As you leave this place today, carry yourself with that understanding that God made you flawless. Hallelujah. Can you stand on your feet and just begin to thank the Lord? Stand on your feet and just begin to give him praise. Just begin to give him praise. Just begin to give him praise. I can't hear somebody praying.